The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And you sure know how I love those five-star ratings and two- and three-sentence reviews. I love posting them on our social media. And, of course, gutting the sacred cow at gmail.com if you want to say hi or advertise with us. And now, without any more delay, JL Calvin can tell Juliet Miranda, special guest host, why Nightmare on Elm Street is overrated. Gather round, here's what I know. It's just that this cow has got to go. I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. Juliet Miranda, guest host. What film is that from? Ooh, I don't think I know that one. Whoa. J.L. Calvin, returning three-time guest. Do you know what oh, that wait, was? Like, right? Was I just accidentally doing a white supremacy thing? Yeah. Sorry, three. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> or you're call, or, or is it you're calling me an asshole in Australia? <laughs> is that what that is? I think it is. What a dangerous gesture three became. Who knew? Yeah, I think um, people. I think people took liberties with that. I think we just call it three and move along. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Re- I mean, it's it sounds like it's from a, a comedy that I haven't seen. Uh, you both have seen this ad nauseum. Ooh. What are you looking at? I thought I was looking at my mother's old douchebag, but that's in Ohio. That film is a 1984 classic, Revenge of the Nerds. Classic? That's debatable, but okay. Oh, that film. I don't think I've ever seen that fully. And I, it's like only on like, you know, oh, it's on Channel 11 in the mm. edited version. I caught yeah. like 20 minutes here or there. Yeah. Sorry. Not the bra and panties raid, not as fun. Kevin Goatee, Juliet Miranda, J.L. Coven, what a hat trick of good looking yet effervescent people. We are back cutting the sacred cow. Wowie zowie, you want to talk about timing. This is what it is. We have now had two weeks in a row of horror movie choices. We never get horror film choices because there are very few films that qualify. JL has chosen one that is on the Mount Rushmore of horror, Nightmare <laughs> on Elm Street. And I had I was lucky enough to get Juliet here because she is a horror guru, even sitting on this very podcast, the many episodes, and try and taking down a quiet place. But 
I figured I'd reach out to her on the old bat phone and talk about one of the most influential horror films of all time. A budget in 1984 of $1.8 million, a box office haul of $57 million. bucks. Turn that into 2022 money. $4.9 million budget, $155.2 gross. That is an insane ROI, which then afforded us the pleasures of a lot of shitty sequels. As we all know, IMDb is a scale 1 through 10 with decimal places. JL, what do you think Nightmare on Elm Street has scored on the old IMDb? Well, I know what it is on Rotten Tomatoes. It's extremely high on Rotten Tomatoes. But you I, cheated, go, you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, no, just that's, I looked that up like before I knew I was going to do the the episode, like okay. like before I knew what movie I was choosing okay. to see if it like qualified on all the, you know, box office, like highly praised, et cetera. Um, I'll say it's a, in a 7.9. Juliet. I got to go a little bit higher than that. I mean, 80s nostalgia is huge in the horror community, so I'm going to go 8.4. 7.4. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, as we know, is a 1 through 100 scale. Juliet, what do you think the critics gave Nightmare on Elm Street? Um, well, critics are notoriously harsh on horror movies but that said this was kind of a pivotal one for the time so i don't know let's cut the difference we'll go 70. jl do you know this answer or did you or yeah did you, i should, should abstain right yeah, yeah. I re i'll recuse well julia get prepared for your jaw to hit the french quarter critics gave the score 95 percent. holy balls that's fucking awesome <laughs> Audience, jail. Do you know the audience? Do you know the audience score as well? I don't. I don't. All right. Um, so then we'll, we'll go so to you then. We'll, yeah, yeah. You can guess for the audience score. Um, ninety-four. Juliet. Mm, lower than the critics. Let's do eighty-five. Eighty-four. Someone's got oh. two showcases. Look at that. <laughs> Quotes. Get ready for some doozies. <laughs> I woke up with a heart on and had had your name written all over it. Followed up by her retort, up yours with a twirling lawnmower. God, the 80s had some garbage ass <laughs> comeback lines. Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Yeah, this is some shit you get when you're on a stage and someone tries to heckle you and go, is that really the best you've decided to sit there for five to 10 minutes and come up with and attack me with? This is like dunking on Muggsy Bogues. Next one. Where's your pass? Screw your pass! That's some Quentin Tarantino dialogue, folks. That's what I... What's next? Badges? We don't need no stinking badges. Other than that, this film is completely quoteless. Unless, Juliet, you have one you want to jump out and share with me? Oh, I'll tell you my favorite one. And Freddie says it. He says, why are you screaming? I haven't even caught you yet. Which I think is awesome. Pretty cool. JL? Um... No, uh, no real quotes. St st I mean, uh, uh, you know, the you named one of the ones you're hard on when the when the 29 year old high school senior yeah. says to the 30 year old, 15 year old. Right. Uh, that line, I thought, eh, that's not good. That is very 80s. <laughs> you mean the guy who found one erroneous gray pube goes, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> five fun 
facts. I want to let you try and guess who is who is originally supposed to be Freddy Krueger, but you're not going to get it. David Warner was supposed to be Freddy Krueger. If you recall him, he was in Tron. He was in uh, Star Trek Six, I believe. He was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Yeah, he, he actually died recently. Had to drop out because of scheduling conflicts. Number two. The sleep doctor who tries to cure Nancy is Charles Fleischer. Who the hell is Charles Fleischer? That's the voice of Roger Rabbit. So random. The infamous Freddie Lullaby. He was a stand-up comic, I think. I think was he was he? also stand because I remember seeing, if I'm not mistaken, occasionally at the DC improv when I was in law school, like way back, like seeing him just on the list. And that was obviously the credit that would be that would be used. <laughs> Did he say, waitress, bring me a bourbon? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> the infamous Freddie Lullaby was composed by Heather Langenkamp's boyfriend at the time, who was a musician. I wonder if he got his royalties check. <laughs> Want to take a stab who was originally cast to be uh, Johnny Depp's role? I already forgot his character's name. Uh, huge, huge in the 80s, pretty big in the 90s, only known in the 2000s after, only for his... Um, shenanigans but huge actor in the 80s and pretty big in the 90s one guess each hmm. mickey rourke mickey rourke <laughs> good get good very same vein but not it julia uh, eric well, Roth. i'm oh, sorry eric uh, that ruins my guess uh, i was going with like andrew mccarthy or somebody dumb like that charlie sheen ah how cool wow. would that have been yeah number five Oh, no, the reason why he couldn't, he didn't do it, they could not afford his $3,000 a week fee. <laughs> How many, this film shot for a month, how many weeks do they need him for? Four <laughs> days? Jesus. Number five, the Johnny Depp death scene incorporated 500 gallons of fake blood in an upside down rotating bedroom, which I thought it's still a pretty badass scene, you know, Obviously, with, with the limitations it had for budget-wise, as well as lack of technology at the time. So, cool stuff. And now, kids, it's time for the audience to jump in the fun, which they love to do in Ask a Gutter. And boy, do we have some doozies out here. At Carly Kingsley, A Nightmare on Elm Street is my favorite holiday movie. Not a question, but more of obviously a statement. But... I didn't know that this took place during the old uh, Yuletide carols and such, but all right. That's what's weird is because every time you say holiday, technically it's a holiday movie, but the term holiday movie, we now kind of know stands for sort of Christmas season. Right. I don't see... Independence Day is not a holiday movie, though technically I guess you could call it that. Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's a scary movie that just inherently makes it okay to watch for Halloween. Right. I guess Leprechaun also being a holiday film or Leprechaun in the hood also oh, holiday films. April Fool's Day. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Next one, of course, at Rex Crumb, who would win in a fight between Freddy Krueger and his spiritual son, Johnny Depp as Edward Scissorhands? That's for you, JL. These all, all these questions oh. are for you. Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I would say... Uh... Depp, you know, Edward Scissorhands too sensitive, but Freddy Krueger appears to be four foot 11 uh, in this movie. So 
if if he if if he can light a fire under Depp's ass under Scissorhands ass, maybe I think he can take him. But you know, Freddy's much meaner, so you know, probably kicks him in the nuts and then claws him to right. death while reciting some pithy dialogue. <laughs> Uh, at Eric4953, are practical special effects scarier than modern digital effects? Um, I'd say, I mean, this, this, like, the reason I didn't do Hellraiser is because Hellraiser was appropriately bashed by critics. But, like, Hellraiser is an example of a movie where I watch it and go, when could this have possibly ever been scary? The effects are so bad. But I go, yes. maybe in 1985, it just wasn't as bad, but it's impossible to not see it as bad. So I think digital, unfortunately, is for the most part better. There's exceptions, but, you know, I think most of the time digital will be better because some of these like classic effects are are horrible. Including in this film at times, I will also yeah. uh, I will notate that uh, Hellraiser would not. But have this been was not as bad. This, to be fair, even though I'm here to to, to insult it, right. there were many more decent s effects for the times than I expected. Yes, yes, absolutely. There are, there are a couple here I'll I'll point out, but uh, Hellraiser would not have been qualified because that film is trash from get to go. <laughs> Oh my goodness. But I have too many people who say to me, like, oh, I love how, and I'm like, Re how? I, it's, it's so bad. Well, then you just stop talking to people who work at Hot Topic, JL, and let's get, <laughs> expand those horizons. Cause I, I don't know, any, I don't know anyone who defends that film. I know, Juliet, you're a horror fan. Is, Hell is Hellraiser a good film? You know, the story is great. The book is fantastic. I feel like the movie just didn't pull it together. And that reboot of it right now is just abysmal. I mean, it's just, it's horrible. So I have a hard time with Hellraiser. Fair. Next question. At Nemirovsky, if you can control yourself while dreaming, while dreaming well enough to pull Freddy into the real world, why the hell wouldn't you dream up a goddamn flamethrower and go Rick Dalton on Freddy's ass? Um, I feel like there's probably some sort of rule about uh, maybe you can't, you know, just like in Terminator. I was just going to say Terminator. You have to be, you have <laughs> <right>? to be <laughs> naked. Yeah, you can't take anything with you. I feel like that would be a rule like, you can take him, but you can't conjure up something. If it's right. if he's controlling the dream world, you can't conjure something into existence. That would be my guess. Yeah, like the Green Lantern in his ring. Next, at Brandon Oglesby, Newark Knight, since you hate this movie, did the 2010 remake improve the story? I didn't. Uh, did I see? Is that what the guy? Um, Kelly Leak. Jackie Earl Jackie, Haley. Jackie, Jackie Earl Haley, Haley. right. Uh, the thing is, I think I saw it in the theater and I, I do too. don't remember. I really don't have like much memory of it <laughs> one way or the other. I don't remember like loving it, but I don't remember thinking this is the worst thing ever. I just don't really have like any opinion. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's empty and horrible. Should never have been made. You know, a reboot horror film reboot was actually kind of good. The Friday the 13th reboot was pretty good. Yes, and all of the Texas Chainsaw Massacres, except the Netflix version, were yeah. pretty good. There I like the O three. Sorry, I like the O three one, which Michael Bay. didn't get great reviews. Um, it's the one with Jessica Biel. 
Yeah, yeah, Michael yeah Bay. that one's really good. Oh, okay. That's good. Yeah, that's great. I actually, it was pretty scary. I was it like, was. why is this getting ripped? Like, it's, I actually thought it's Michael it was pretty Bay. good. I liked it too. I actually own it, which is, you know. Yeah, I do too. Not bad. And back to the Friday the 13th reboot. If you can appreciate a woman topless water skiing with fantastic tits and then catching an arrow while topless water skiing, I don't want to know who you are. <laughs> At Newark Night, that's been my problem with Freddy. There were easily action movie fans amongst those kids, and no one tried to dream up an action movie scenario or bust out a one-liner. Okay, another statement. <laughs> Next, at Eric4953, although at the time scary, A Nightmare on Elm Street seems campy and, and dated. The question being, what horror, in quotes, movie can you rewatch and still be scared? Um, I can give you, I'll give you a couple. Uh, sure. My favorite of all time, The Exorcist, The Shining, um, and one that I recently rewatched it. I had rewatched it and was scared, but it, it's now on the, it didn't really scare me anymore, Event Horizon. I never um, saw that. Is it good? It's Event Horizon. See, I saw it in the theater in the 90s. It's got Sam Neill and Lawrence Fishburne. And it is like a perfect mashup of The Shining and Alien. Because it's basically The Shining in outer space. But I remember I saw it in the theater, thought it was terrifying. And most people, if you talk to anybody who has seen it, if they saw it in the theater and they're in our age range, they will mm -hmm. be like, that movie is slept on. That's a legitimately scary movie. But... I watched it last year for like the third time. And it was the first year I was like, Sam Neill's performance is a little too much. It like he telegraphs that kind of he's going to be the one going like it's, it's mm. like, it's, it's, he's staring down the receiver too much in that movie, yeah. <laughs> but it's still, I, I think it's worth giving a try. I think, I think you might, if you give it a little bit of the, eh, it's not a bad mashup of two classic sort of See, movies i hate the exorcist I, I we watched it again for this very podcast a few months I ago know. so boring you so know. boring and also what was the first one you said uh oh shining kevin israel hates that film and I, that's a suspense film that is not a horror film <laughs> it, it's a bunch of ah, ah, hysterical screaming we, we again listen to the episode if you have not been uh, uh i would i would choose alien and uh maybe even halloween 78 i love the halloween remake it's not scary. He just goes around and fucks up people for an hour and a half, which is great. But 78, but Aliens still, I rewatch it. God, I've, everyone sleeps on that. I prefer Aliens, but Alien is a perfect fucking film. Perfect. Alien, yeah, Aliens, yeah. what's crazy? Oh, sorry. No, no, I was going to agree. And I, I think actually the more you rewatch it, Halloween 78 kind of falls to the same criticism that The Shining does, it is kind of a tedious movie. I mean, I appreciate all the effects, not the effects, but the buildup and the storyline, but right. nothing really happens in that. Um, right. I'm not a fan of, of Halloween, uh, the, the, the original. Um, but I was going to say Alien and Aliens, in one franchise, you literally have a A-plus horror movie and then yep. an A-plus action movie, like sci-fi action. Yep. It's a... Yep. It's so cool because it's like one is Ridley Scott doing his thing. And then it's like James Cameron. And it's it's and honestly, it's not good. Let me go out there and say that. But David Fincher's first movie is Alien, Alien 3. 3. Mm -hmm. And the one really good thing about that movie, I think, is the directing. Like 
his camera work with sort of the dog alien, like it's kind of dreary and cool in terms of just like his vision, even though it's not like, it's clearly like way a step down from, from the first two. I saw it once. And I don't remember a damn thing about it, except Sigourney Weaver has a shaved head and that's it. But if you like, I mean, it's, it'd be interesting, I think to go back and watch just because you'll be like, Oh, you can see kind of the, the Fincherness, because his next movie is seven. So it's like right. he makes a pretty big jump. Uh, <laughs> and then the game. And now he's like one of the best. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, of course, this is from the STSD cast. On a scale of one to ten, how much was Johnny Depp hoping his bed would swallow up Amber Heard and erupt in a fountain of blood after she shit on it? One, a scale of one to ten? Yes. Um, I'd go. I'd go six point five. Oh, that's a good IMDb score. Perfect. <laughs> at, at Lord Snurts, would Kevin McAllister from Home Alone survive a Freddy encounter? He has the house rigged with traps and the pellet gun. Yes, he would because Freddy Krueger. And here's like one of my complaints: <laughs> very weak, <laughs> like like alarmingly soft in the real world <laughs> like like kevin McAllister would have had freddie clutching his nuts and falling down the stairs yeah <laughs> but i mean to be fair though freddie krueger in the real world i mean he's a child molester not many child molesters are six five and 240 like jack reacher or some shit like that true they're very wafy they're very they're very timothy they're very Tilly, timothy chalamet ish <laughs> reptilian yeah, that's a good call Thank you. That's going to wrap it up for Ask a Gutter. So let's let the main course, guys, it's time for the main course here. Julia, let's welcome JL to come on and do what he's about to do, I think. And that is Guts the, the Sacred Cow. <laughs> we were close. We were almost in right time. There. Go ahead, JL. All right. Um, this often this has happened with me before. Thankfully, not with two thousand one, where I was I was able to stay completely committed to. I hate this movie. Nothing changed. Lawrence of Arabia was more of a. I still think it's like too much, but there are many more elements that I can appreciate, even though I still don't really like the movie. This one, I saw it for the first time a couple of years ago, so this was only my second time watching it, both as like an adult, and. I thought the first time I watched it, it was terrible. So it was an easy choice for me to go, I'm doing this one. So I rewatch it. Um, and I try to give it, I try not to be too harsh for some of the eighties stuff, like some of the stuff it can't help. I, I think there, everybody was too slavish to synth music. Somebody had to take a stand and be like, do, are we all contractually obligated to use this very non scary music in our movie? Uh, do, 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 do. like immediately i'm like taken out of the of the sort of you know that's why i guess halloween but that's not an 80s movie you know it has that iconic sort of creepy score um i thought the like the acting and i'll give johnny depp credit i think that's maybe why this movie launched his career he just seemed like a normal actor and probably casting agents were like Who's that guy who, who's kind of cute and doesn't suck at acting? <laughs> and then his career took off. Um, there's something about that voice. I mean, I, am I allowed to just go like bit yeah. by bit? Because this is early in the movie. Sure. Um, the, the, was it Tina? Is it yes. Tina? Tina yep. and Rod? Blonde one. Yeah. Um, their dialogue, you brought it up as one of the quotes. Like, 
his voice sounded completely dubbed. Like something about Johnny Depp's voice, it sounded like he was actually speaking on set. Everybody else, like Rod was like, hey, why don't you suck? Like there's something about that 80s voice sound that's just terrible. But like morning um, morning DJ kind of shit. Exactly. Mm. I thought the the acting was poor. I'm just going to say that generally. I thought the acting was poor. Um, I One of the things I noticed early was Tina uh, and Rod had real like porn sounding sex. And then when she dies, it's like 15 years. I was like, first of all, uh, 15. I don't think Freddy Krueger is her biggest problem if she's fucking like that at 15. Right. And and her boyfriend looks 30. She looks 26. She's playing a 15 year old. I know it's it's that's that's like a minor complaint, but I will say since I'm talking about acting, her mom is gives in a movie of not great acting the standout for the wrong reasons. Like she is off the charts bad. Um, It's really bad. Like it's it's so. That's one thing. And I know it's a horror movie, so it's about the chills and the thrills, but like the the acting overall was was not good. Um, I feel like Freddy Krueger was is sort of emblematic of one of my things with 80s horror movies, which is great at creating iconic villains for like branding and Halloween costumes, but not necessarily surrounding them with the greatest movie. That said, this did have some scenes that I forgot and was like, that's actually pretty good like very good for the time and still holds up the the when he's creeping through the ceiling um on i guess was that tina or was that no that was heather well that's the actress's name what's her nancy Nancy. like when he when he's like in the like that's been done in a lot of movies since but that was a very cool sort of you knew you were watching a sort of iconic little horror image right there the the johnny depp death scene was 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 I thought it was going to be crappy. And then I was like, that's pretty damn good for, you know, Um, the death of Tina is one of those, like I'm trying to give the eighties like graded on a curve. So the slashes to me were actually pretty solid, but Rod going, there's someone else in here. I'm going, I would have written it more like, she was floating like something, but he was like, there was definitely somebody in here. I'm like, there definitely wasn't dude. You were right there. Um, once again, a small thing. Um, and then we get, and then Freddy Krueger to me. And as Kevin pointed out, he was a child molester. So he wasn't going to be, uh, um, although we shouldn't judge, we shouldn't, we shouldn't give a free pass to, to large people, you know, just, you know, <laughs> hey, they're normally small, but, Freddy Krueger, when he runs after, like Freddy Krueger in my mind is this terrifying, iconic horror villain. Then I see him chasing, I guess it was Nancy. I'm forgetting in the in the beginning of the movie, but I guess he was chasing Nancy. But he might, no, I think it might, was, he was chasing Tina. It was Tina. In the beginning, her. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And when he, I'm like, oh, okay, Freddy Krueger, cool. He's got the claws. He's a burn victim. That's gross. And then I see him running down the street. I'm like, this guy looks like he's about 4'11". And it, 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 <laughs> I know I'm 6'7". You can't tell from, from, from Zoom, Julia. But that took me out a little bit. I was like, 
oh, just turn it, kick him in the nuts. Like, <laughs> this is like a weird little guy. Like, like when he was running through the street, I was like, who is this? Who is this child with a claw chasing after her? Wait a minute. I'm going to interrupt for one second. Yeah. Want to take a guess how tall Robert Englund is? Is he like 5'3"? Five, 5'10". Five, oh, so no, I'm getting, then maybe oh. it was like, wow, the, the, that's the, weak. The, but if the, you, the, if the, you the distortion of the camera, the way it was shot, it was very, yeah, it, it's very off-putting the way he shot it then. Oh, because see, 5'10", especially for Hollywood, that would be, look like a like a full-grown, that is a full-grown mm -hmm. man. But like yeah. when he filmed it, I was like, he looks like like sneaky. Like, like <laughs> this guy's supposed to like rip your heart out. And I'm like, Who's this guy like darting down the street? Um, uh, I, I I also did find it funny when the mom, they didn't even give the mom good dialogue. I just wrote this down as a note. Freddy Krueger was a filthy child murderer. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> filthy? <laughs> like a filthy child? It just was a weird phrasing. Um now I will say, oh, Glenn. Okay, so Johnny Depp's character's name is Glenn. His uh, things I highlighted that were like pretty good. Glenn's death, and I did like the phone when it turned into a tongue. Yeah, late in the movie because yeah, I thought, yeah. okay, yeah, that was one of those moments where I, I'm trying to be fair and go, you know what? For 1984, that was probably like really cool and creepy. Now it's kind of goofy looking, but like if you, you give it credit. Um, and then I thought the ending was really bad. I get they were trying to do the Oh no, it's like, it's like, there's so many more ways to do a scary, oh no, they really lost ending. But this one, it was like the car hood comes up and it's like, oh, they're trapped in the car, but th what's going on? And then the mom in a blatantly, you're, you're, you're grabbing a mannequin at oh. the end, like I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm going, wait. I was actually kind of almost, I was on the like, okay, this is, this is not as bad. I still don't think it's that good, but I, I have to give it credit and say it's much better than I remember. The first time I saw it, I didn't watch it with sort of an eye to doing a podcast and really being fair to it. So I was just like, this feels really dated and cheap and like, not that good. It's better than my first impression. But then like, if I were going like thumbs up, thumbs down, I get to that ending and I was like, oh, you didn't, you did not stick the landing nightmare no. on Elm Street. <laughs> Whatever you were trying to do with this. Oh no. I was just like half confused and half like that was poorly executed. Like that's your dismount for creating a horror franchise. And it felt like they totally like fumbled it. <laughs> It's like a very, so yeah, exactly. Right. Be... It's like, it's like a Retin or whomever it was who jumped off the pommel horse and snapped her ankle in four. That's exactly oh, a perfect analogy. Harry Strug? That's it. That's it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's because I just, I wrote Freddie appears five foot two. <laughs> that's one of my, but um, I think, yeah, I, I feel like. Uh, I think I hit all my. I think Nancy's cop dad is not terrible. Oh, and the and the bathtub trick, because because like when the claw comes out of the bathtub, mm -hmm. that's a cool moment. And I think you know, without being, I'm obviously not a horror historian or expert, but if you tell me that you know some of these images, like the wall, the blood bath, the 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 bathtub, are these kind of in, new kind of images that become iconic, obviously that you know, you have to give it credit, which you can't necessarily do if you don't know 
all the history and all the all the stuff that it brought. Um, but I would say I thought I was going to give this movie. Well, I don't know if, if I should create, but there's there's my general impressions uh, as as well as I could articulate. Give me a number one to ten. Number one to ten. I feel I, I hate doing this because I feel like I wanted to come on and be like, guys, it's a it's a two. Okay, get over your nostalgia. Yeah. But if I'm being honest, it's like somewhere between a five and a six for me. Okay, so we'll call it a five and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Juliet Miranda, how are you? What do you think about Nightmare on Elm Street? I know you've seen this multiple times. I have. I have. I've seen it, I don't know, at least a dozen times, first in the theater and then rewatching it over the years. I still have my original VHS copy of it that is, you know, beat to shit, but <laughs> well loved. Um, you know, it, these 80s movies are really hard sometimes to rewatch. And I don't have that same nostalgic affection for the 80s horror movies that a lot of people have. I mean, I'll tell you that all of these slasher movies, they all kind of suck in their own special ways. <laughs> um, but Wes Craven, I think, did something really special with this movie. I mean, if you look at what he was coming off of prior to this, he had done Last House on the Left, which might be one of the most grisly, brutal, depressing horror movies ever made. Yep. Uh, he did Hills, Up, uh, Hills Have Eyes, which is fantastic, incredible movie. Uh, you know, and he was he was coming into this. Uh, what was this? 1984, Four. I yep. think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, technology was getting better, practical effects were getting better, and Wes Craven was actually a, um, a professor at a university prior to being a uh, horror guy. And he always kind of wanted to make a slasher that was smart. 
And that was a little bit of his goal with Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, I don't know if he actually, you know, accomplished that because the 80s love their one-liners. So you watch this movie and Freddie just kind of comes off as David Lee Roth. He's got his, <laughs> his snappy little one-liners, you know, and you're like, oh, give me a fucking break, dude. Uh, but I still think he makes a really scary horror icon, like you were saying. You know, you the 80s were great for that. You've got your figurehead that, you know, takes over these movies. And Freddie was the only one who visibly loved killing people. I mean, he relished it. And I think that in itself is really scary. You know, prior to that, you look at somebody like Jason Voorhees. I mean, he was this sad, troubled little kid, essentially. Uh, even you could argue the same thing for Michael Myers, who was wounded because his sister was having sex. Well, you know, Freddy Krueger was just a dick all of his life. And then in the afterlife, he turned into an even bigger dick, which, you know, is kind of unheard of for the time. So he just took over this movie and he kind of nailed it i think now i agree with you 100 percent. robert england is kind of a scrawny little dude so he's not um as imposing as a lot of the other you know slashers were uh and the parents in this movie oh my god why were 80s parents always portrayed as such monsters <laughs> you've got the alcoholic mother who's like no dear let's take you to a sleep institute you've got a and like mom. drinking and she's like drinking it like in a in like this absurd way, like oh I I I have to I'm walking by a closet I can't I can't get to the kitchen before I have to grab a drink before I get to the liquor cabinet downstairs. Yes, she's it's, putting it's, vodka in her coffee in the morning. It's more it's more impressive that she didn't have the DTs while watching her daughter go through an eight hour sleep study. <laughs> Tina's mom, she was a whore, you know, sleeping with some scary dude yeah. while her daughter's having nightmares. I mean, I think the parents in these movies are half as scary as the serial killers are. Um, but the one thing that really stands out that uh, I think doesn't get enough recognition is actually um, Heather Langenkamp's character, Nancy. You know, horror movies traditionally get railed for having these one-dimensional female characters you know, who just kind of throw their hands up in the air and cry. But she's kind of a badass, you know? She figured out a way to try and beat Freddy Krueger. You know, she she set up her little home alone, jerry-rigging system, and that was pretty inventive. You did not see that in a lot of horror movies. So I got to say, I mean, I think this is a great movie. You got to look at it from being, you know, from the 80s. So it is dated, you know, it doesn't entirely play out as well as a modern movie would, but it's strong. It's a strong movie. Give me a number. Solid eight. Ooh. I knew you'd come correct on this one. These notes brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, where you can find yourself a badass t-shirt like this one. You know it. All that and then some over there. Don't forget, follow us on all the socials, GTSC Podcast on Twitter. Email us at guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us or just to say hi. Notes. It's iconic as all hell to see him making that glove in the opening scene of this film. But he, if he's in a dream, is that glove, isn't that glove already made or can he just conjure it into thin air? But if this is actual reality of him making the glove when he was alive, this needs more explanation than just him making a glove. I need to know why he's doing this. I need to know how. It's explained later with, with the pedophile murder and all that shit, but... I need to worry. I need more in the beginning than just why we're making a glove. Like, what's the fucking point? Like, what's the whole semblance and behind that? That is a good point. Yeah. 
If I hear my daughter shriek from the other room while she's sleeping and I go in there and I find she has slash marks on her nightgown, I'm going to have a few questions, folks. <laughs> and, 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 and Tina's mom had to rush back into that room to bang even greasier Polly from Rocky. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's got her. He's got her wetter than an irrigation ditch. No, no. I don't see. No, Nancy. Oh, sorry. Heather Langenkamp, who plays Nancy, is one of the worst actresses outside of porno <laughs> and and college improv. I'll get that in a moment. So let me just get this straight. Tina goes outside wearing nothing but a long sleeve shirt and underwear with no weapon to check out a mysterious voice. Got it. Uh, she deserves to be fricasseed. How about a little, little preparation? Grab a bat, a goggle. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, don't go barefeeting outside on asphalt. Carry a knife. Get something instead of going, hello? Prank calls with sound effects is so beautifully 80s, and I'm here for every single minute of it. When they're calling from the airport with the with the with the boombox, I love that. Oh, that's right, that's right. I was a was your refrigerator running kind of gal. Yep. <laughs> your Prince Albert in a can. You better go yep. let him out. Uh, looks like the prop department dropped the ball when Freddie cut off two fingers, but only one of them spurted green blood. I didn't notice that. Oh, I. I when you do 150 huh. episodes of this podcast, my jeweler, <laughs> my jeweler's loop is 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 fixed is fi right. affixed to my face. Why does Freddie run like an inflatable wacky wavy guy you see in front of car used car lots? Mm -hmm. His hands are in the air like ooga booga booga, like running after your hands. He's not like Tom Cruise, our favorite action hero, JLs and I. Uh, he doesn't run arms scissoring at his side to be more aerodynamically efficient. He's running with the most wind resistance. Unless it's one big game, I'm just going to go, you know what? I'll catch her eventually. I'll take my sweet-ass time. But I had a problem with that. Yeah, if I can, it, like, what sure. would be more menacing to me, since he controls the dreams, walking. Sure. Like, because then it's just like, I can, you'll blink, and I'll be like, all of a sudden, I'm over there. And it, like, it doesn't, I don't have, this is my world. I don't, it's almost like the Matrix. Like, he controls it. So when he's, like, running, you're like, I don't want to see my horror villains making an effort <laughs> like like that they have to try. That's I, a, I, I like the, the menacing true. sort of like creepiness. That's a great point. point because there are two schools of thought. They have that you, or you have the Michael Myers slow methodical walk across the street to mm -hmm. go get the babysitters or you have the Leatherface who runs with a chainsaw. Not exactly the best idea to do run with a chainsaw, but runs after people. So there are two completely mm -hmm. different schools of thought, but I like yours. Right. I, I like the slow, stoic, methodical I'm going to get you. It's just but, a matter of when I decide Freddy Krueger, you know, a fast villain can be scary too. Like you said, chainsaw, but like Freddy chooses option three. Yeah. <laughs> Running like a, like a goofball. Uh, <laughs> I really think that Tina scene where she got dragged up the wall and slash that's, that was fantastic. Again, that is terrifying stuff right very, there. Very good. Still, to the like, wow, that tip your hat to that. Why is Nancy's mother dressed like Ted Knight in Caddyshack? <laughs> you know, I'm no slouch myself. Nancy's mouth is always slightly agape, like she's an ardent fan of NASCAR. 
that one with her eyes do her eyes does she actually have blue eyes because in some scenes it was like super bright blue and then other scenes i was like i can't even tell if she has blue eyes i didn't catch that i didn't know 30 minutes in and none of these dumb dildos tell their parents are having bad dreams about freddie the minute a convicted pedophile moves into a neighborhood now everyone gets a google alert but this for some reason is kept on the super fucking low like don't ever talk about it. i'd be the first thing like oh my god this crazy dream about this guy with knives and did this and that really no shit me too then you would start a little thread on reddit and then have a whole support group and then maybe try and hunt this fucker down all right let's talk about an 80s trope the nancy's mom says i'll go warm up some i'll go get some warm milk for you is that the 80s 80s trope of all tropes or or has that gone the way of the atari 2600 dead no one does that anymore right warming up you know milk for you to help you sleep no but i love that she goes warm milk gross like that was cool yeah but we all (laughs) but but we all like hot chocolate which is warm milk Mm. lawyered she locks the door after her mother's rescue after her mother rescues her from that bathtub scene probably a good idea to leave that door unlocked in case round two happens you know <laughs> and i loved Speaking and ahead. i and i loved him with the with the glove in the water but now of course with and this is for you jl with the glove you think a little donald trump grab her by the pussy there you go yeah it'd be triggering <laughs> oh boohoo <laughs> let's let's talk, let's talk about the lack of follow-up in this film what did you do to your arm oh i burned it in an english class where is the goddamn <laughs> follow-up question what do you shit i go i pause to go you've got to be fucking kidding me how the how the shit can you burn your arm in english class and just unless you're recreating the burning of joan of arc at the stake as a heretic I burn English class. Be consistent. You could do. You could have had her like fall asleep in, in chemistry Homac? class, right? And then like so that people go. You probably just burned it on the Bunsen burn. Like mm-hmm. instead, it's like I'm sitting in my desk in English class, and now my arm has a has a <laughs> burn. burn. <laughs> burned. I. So I just I just laughed and go, you got to be fucking kidding me. Next, you got to be kidding me. Nancy runs out of that English class like she put her head on a baseball bat and spun for 30 seconds straight. She's wondering all goofy outside the classroom like she's trying to avoid a cops doing a, 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 a roadside sobriety test. Their running coach, you know, their running coordinator yeah. uh, was, was, was not Michael good, J. Fox. Honestly. Was it Michael J. Fox? Oh. I love you, Michael J. Fox. Back to the future. Perfect film. What psychopath writes his name on the inside of a hat or any clothing for that matter? Oh, yeah. A pedophile who slashes kids and feels that his unique glove of nails and knives, excuse me, isn't a good enough calling card. We just did it, chapter one, and one of the kids who were who was killed by Pennywise the clown, they're in the sewers. And go, oh, that's Betty so and so's shoe. How do you know? They open it up. It says Betty so and so. Go, you. The exposition has gotten lazy, kids. This is stupid. No one writes their clothes unless you're one of fifteen and you're Amish. Thank you. My, okay, I'm gonna go here and actually say my mom would sew, like for camp mm-hmm. and stuff would sew my name into like all my clothes so i gotta i I gotta give it some credit i guess (laughs) dude jl you must have been a monster child like oh but my kids that's his clothes the one one who's wearing an xl at age 13 who's not fat (laughs) wait is that a counselor shirt no it's jl's shirt it says yankees on it (laughs) 
Why the hell would the mom keep the Freddy glove in the goddamn stove burner, whatever that is? Would she, what is she going to do? Go downstairs, grab two bottles of pop-off vodka, get drunk and make paper mache dolls in the basement? Rehashing good times? Why would you keep that? That's a good point because it seems like the reason they didn't want to talk about Freddy is because they murdered him. Right. So it's like, but we kept the evidence. <laughs> <laughs> kind, kind of kind of 101 we don't talk about it right but we have the incriminating evidence that could get us potentially prosecuted that's like oj framing his bloody glove in his house and putting it right above the fireplace uh oh next one mom pulling out vodkas out of out of this out of out of thin air like she's david blaine for christ's sakes <laughs> That's a magical trick. And you get no semblance of Nancy's parents that are married. I thought they were divorced. They're never in the same scene except the funeral for what's his tits. Do you know, they're never home together. I know he's a cop. He's working, whatever. But I thought she was a divorcee for some reason. Whatever. How she does, was, though. Didn't they talk about that in there? Like, they're always Did I arguing. miss that? Did I yeah, miss no, that? Yeah, no, I think you the, missed that because they established yeah, that. So okay, all right. Okay, yeah. all right, fine. I uh, I uh, I remember my statement. How can Freddie call it to Nancy if she's not sleeping? How can she hear that if she's not sleeping? Uh, depends on your subliminal state. I, I don't know. Maybe she's astral projecting. <laughs> Maybe she has such a low pulse rate she can fall into REM at any time. <laughs> yes. uh. Narcolepsy, something. Johnny Johnny Depp is in bed filled with blood, and then thirty five thirty five years later, filled in the bed of Amber Heard grumpies. Ooh, had to get yes. one in there i don't know about technology i was only seven or i guess yeah, i have seven when this came out i've never heard a digital watch ha have a sound effect of a countdown started especially in the early 80s i'm sorry <laughs> those casio watches weren't that technologically <laughs> advanced kids i love nancy going all home alone on freddie and you're right julia had a pretty badass chick she can throw down i'm down with that but now that she's in the real world what's with all these elaborate again rube goldberg setups when she could just get a, a fucking shotgun nearby and blow his head off his shoulders how about that for simplistic but effective all these traps that i was waiting for uh you guys give up or you're thirsty for more <laughs> How the fuck does a corpse wave goodbye while being sucked into a bed like Nancy's mother was? Did you see that skeleton slowly raise a hand like, bye, like E.T., I will always be here. Now we're just sowing the seeds of cheesiness that were just, that germinated and grew like massive vines in the sequels. It's funny as shit to see that blow-up doll getting yanked out of the door in the final scene by Freddy. <laughs> The prop department must have been out of money or out of fucks to give at this point. <laughs> I was scared to death of this film as a kid. It gave me, I couldn't even tell you how many different scenarios I had as, as nightmares with Freddy Krueger. Uh, I even dressed up as Freddy Krueger in the sixth grade for my Halloween costume. I didn't win. Uh, with the exception, exception of Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, badass film. Great movie. Love it. The sequels were so exponentially worse than the last one and became complete cartoons. This film held on for so strong with me, and it firmly deserves a spot on Mount Rushmore. And when you talk horror characters, it's Freddy Krueger, Jason, Michael Myers, and you can argue fourth place. Now as a, now as a 45, about the 46-year-old man, this film is just fine. <laughs> 
I don't think I'm going to watch this again. It's not obviously enough scary as it was for me as a kid. I didn't hate it. I'm not like, holy shit, I'm going to defend it to the gills like I used to. Uh, six out of ten. It's fine. So we have a five and a half, a six, and an eight. Here we have it. Critics, five-star reviews. The original Nightmare delivers a terrifying villain and a unique concept that strips away any chance of safety. Freddy is arguably at his best, tearing through the screen into horror icon status. The final few minutes is all that prevents perfection. Very true. I love how the so kids... Even people who love it, even people who love it, no, right. like, have to agree on, like... Yeah, the ending is trash. By the way, what a lazy callback when the kid's top falls down the convertible. Oh, it's red and green like his sweater. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, yeah. And they carried that through all the sequels, too. Everything was sweater-striped. I have no doubt that A Nightmare on Elm Street will continue to hold its coveted place in horror history. With a mix of originality and camp coming from a genuine fear, it's a film that can't be replicated. Oh, but it was tried. A lot. <laughs> Can we go to sleep? Is it safe? When filmmakers attack real-life phobias and security blankets, horror films hit a peak high. It's a good point. You can't protect yourself when you're sleeping. Other things, other horror films, are like, all right, I can go barricade myself in a whatever with weapons out the wazoo. Dreams, you are you are completely naked. The beginning of Freddy is as solid as it was decades ago. This still makes us scared to fall asleep. Critics, one-star reviews. In this kind of movie, it's not the actor's sweat and tears the audience cares about. It's only the blood. And that's the only one-star <laughs> review from critics I saw on the internet. Can you believe that? And it's completely uh, invalid. Yeah, right. that I've only I've done this podcast again, hundred almost sixty <laughs> sometimes. I've I've found two, maybe other or three films that only had one negative critic review. I think Jaws or Back to the Future was one of them. Uh, Godfather Two might have been another, but. Nightmare on Elm Street, we only can find one negative critic's review. That, my friends, is a yep. true shock. See, but that I feel like validates, even though I'm not hammering it as like some two-star movie, right. it's more sacred than I originally sort of knew. Right. So like my 5.5 is not like this is the worst, right? but I feel like on a scale of this movie is actually more revered or respected than I, than I knew. I feel like it's still a shot. <laughs> no, it is. And then again, that's that's half the uh, you know the criteria. Either why the you, know, has, you either you hate it or you find it insanely overrated. I mean, people have said, "Hey, critic, Assistant Kane, not terrible, but very overrated." Which we agree. Amazon five star reviews. I highly recommend this in all the sequels as well as the entire Hellraiser series. <laughs> <laughs> To horror buffs of every, every generation. If you're a younger horror buff, horror film buff, you will love it. And if you're easily frightened, be prepared for months of real nightmares after watching this one. Bwa ha 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 You have you have been warned. Signed Jared Leto. One, two, Freddy's coming for you. Three, four, this reviewer is a bore. It was this is my favorite one. It was a gift and they liked it. What? 
<laughs> my, 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 my question, my question is, did they send a thank you note at least? Oh. Uh, jumpy eighties, Halloween classic, bring back boy crop tops. <laughs> Oh, that's a whole nother discussion when it comes to Nightmare on Elm Street, too. Johnny Depp's abs and pre-abs and all that, I'm sure, is a little wet state in the uh, Miranda household. Mm. No, I was a Patrick Swayze fan, not a Johnny oh. Depp fan. Amazon one-star reviews. No, I'm not kidding or exaggerating. This movie is absolutely horrible. The acting is atrocious, the plot line is flat, and there is absolutely nothing deeper in the theme or motifs to sink your teeth into. It's an hour and a half of obnoxious screaming that I would not endure if I was you. A movie that gets points for being well-known. Sometimes you gotta call a spade a spade. Signed, David Spade. See, that's, that's, that's a, that is like closer to the review I would have given a couple of years ago. I think Nightmare on Elm Street, in addition to me looking at it more thoughtfully for the show uh, than I did when I just watched it on a whim, see, having seen Hellraiser right. last year made me see more in this movie to appreciate because Hellraiser is as bad as I, like, it is as bad as I thought on first view, mm -hmm. like, Whereas Nightmare on Elm Street, I was like, oh, yeah, there's some like things that are still very 80s and some things that aren't good, but they, but it's actually doing plenty well also. Whereas sure. Hellraiser is just like, no. Yeah. And Hellraiser <laughs> came out years after this. So I that don't know like about 87, you. 87, yeah. I think. Yeah. Was, was it one. really? I thought it was it like was. 80, 85, 86, maybe. But I, nope. I'm wrong. Okay. Nope. All right. I'll, uh, you're the horror expert. Uh, Jay, I'll see your Hellraiser and I'll raise you, re raise you Phantasm. That is equal dog shit. <laughs> it was on netflix and said let me give it a shot oh, man. And I, man that is bad i um, get it i get it it's a shit movie but when it comes to just that wacky trippy sort of space horror lovecraftian kind of thing it's fun to watch Maybe if you're in guantanamo bay and you have a impending life sentence sure next one why do we have to pay for a movie from 1984? Oh, it was on, uh, I got it on HBO Max. Yeah, it's free on HBO. I own it, so I paid nothing anyway. So there. Oh, yeah, good. <laughs> That's, I love when guests pick films that I own. I go, oh, good. This is perfect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the worst is paying like the fucking, actually, I bought, I bought it when you said uh, Lawrence of Arabia. I got, I think, <laughs> iTunes had like a five dollars like classic movies. You go, I've never seen it. I'm gonna get it. So I had it when you call it when you when you did uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Go, oh, I guess I'm glad I have to buy it again. No. <laughs> Next one, bad, just bad. If you like a good scare, go somewhere else. Looking for a comedy that will leave you laughing at its campy nature, go for it. Signed, Kevin Bacon. Oh, leave Kevin Bacon out of this. That was a more of a nod for Friday the 13th, but I guess that was... Yeah, yeah. That's a... Well, all right. Last one. The scares are lame, the special effects are cheesy, and the ending is pretty dumb. Also, what the heck happened to Johnny Depp? This guy gets swallowed up and filtered by his bed? And what's up with all that blood? There is no way Mr. Depp was made up of that much red stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
Who's taking anatomy <laughs> classes from a horror movie? I mean, come on. More blood is more good. I love the simpleton's approach on the Amazon one-star reviews. It always, always puts a smile on my face. Julia Miranda to J.L. Coven got the sacred cow. Oh, gosh. Uh, you know what? No. It's oh! just... <laughs> Wow. The movie stands. It, you know, you take away the, the bit of the 80s cheese effect. It's still a solid movie. And y'all have agreed with me. The scares are still effective. They stand tall, even now, with practical effects. Uh, yeah, Freddy Krueger is a little weasley and lizardy, but he's still a badass killer. So, you know what? It's it's a solid movie. Whoa. Die on this mountain. Did you get more pleasure saying no to JL or no to your husband when he tried gutting back to the few other films that we used to sat in a shotgun? Well, oh, please, we all know he did not gut back to the future. <laughs> oh, of course I know that. <laughs> by the way, by the way, him and uh, Delvin Cox trying to take down Jaws, second most amount of hate mail I've ever seen for guests. Yeah, that does not surprise me. Yeah, he didn't gut oh. Jaws. He, he didn't gut back to the future at all. He was met with a wall of resistance yep, from us underneath. Yep. Audience ate his, ate his fucking lunch. JL Coven, tell us the fine folks where we can find you and what you are up to. Sure. Yeah. Uh, JLcomedy.com or JL Covan, if you want to spell my name, C A U V I N.com. Uh, social media links, uh, live shows um, in New Jersey, Michigan, uh, Syracuse over the next like month. And I uh, got two podcasts uh, that you can find. Like everything's on my website, basically podcasts, my YouTube channel, all that stuff. So, uh, you know, peruse and pick whatever intrigues you. <laughs> Juliet Miranda, I know you got some new exciting project you want to tell us about. So fire away, my dear. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so I host the Unwritable Rant podcast. There's 260 some odd episodes of that you can check out. It's bourbon soaked storytelling. But I have a new project that's coming out in November. It's called That One Thing. It is a cooking podcast where I feature the one ingredient, tip or technique that can elevate your everyday cooking. And there's going to be a companion YouTube show as well. So keep an eye on my website, uh, theunwritablerant.com or julietmiranda.com or my Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff. And I'll have all the uh, details about when it's officially launched. Please don't tell me that ingredient is love. Fuck no. <laughs> Come on. I know you're not. You're, you're way too cynical for that horse shit. <laughs> That's why we love you. KevinGoatee.com. More importantly, check me out. And Kevin Israel. We're doing a gig in Slotesburg, New York, right across the border from Jersey. August. What the hell? October 28th. That's a Friday at 8 p.m. Come check it out. I'm featuring He's Headlining. More importantly, GuttingTheSacredCow.com. As I mentioned, GTSC Podcast. Just follow us for the love of Christ. Give us a tweet. Give us a love. And uh, retweet and share with your friends. I mean, that's how it works. Oh, and if you, uh, when you write us that five-star rating and two or three-sentence review, I love screenshotting my favorite ones and putting them on the social media. So uh, do that, please, por favor. JL Coven, it's always a delight having you on this podcast. You do a monster Thanks job. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. And Juliet Miranda, you and your husband always, all, all, both of you, of course, have open invites. We love having you on this podcast. So thank you again for sitting shotgun with me. It's a, it's a pleasure, my dear. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. And we will see everybody next time. Take care. Avita Zen. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.